Podcast by committee is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NFL ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get to the game. And uh, if you're like me, living in New York, or I guess wherever you live, uh, I found that Game Time doesn't just have sports tickets. They also have music and theater ones. Uh, so we're going to check out Beetlejuice, maybe, off of Game Time. Anyway, uh, head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome back to Podcast by Committee, the show where we bring in basically the experts. Uh, you know, look, it's a fantasy show, but we're talking to real people who cover real football um, and basically pick their brain uh, so we can all be better at fantasy. Today's guest, the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, five weeks ago, you're like, OK, I know this offense and what's happening uh, right now. It's a little crazy. It's a little weird. It's perfect for a Halloween show. Uh, I want to bring in Seth Kaiser. Seth, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's an exciting and, like you said, weird time to cover the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, so Halloween, perfect timing. Um, (laughs) First of all, before I even get into plugging all your stuff, I just want to say thanks. Every week we have this beat writer roundup. We talk about it a lot on the show, man, and you're like one of the first people to jump in and fill it out. And uh, your answer is always really good. So thanks a lot for doing that, man. It is much appreciated. Hey, it's no problem at all. It's fun. I, I like talking a little fantasy football. You can follow Seth at uh, Real MN Chiefs fan, and also he has his own podcast. So crossover alert uh, times ours with uh, with Nate Taylor, right? That's correct. Nate Taylor and Josh Briscoe. Oh, Nate Taylor! All right, huh? nice. All right, there we go. <laughs> That's a very Kansas City heavy uh, podcast. Yes, yes, it is. We uh, we we're, we're very niche, but we have fun. And your editor, by the way, is a fantasy sports Hall of Famer, Brendan Roberts. So. It's oh, very fantasy he? friendly. Oh yeah, dude, he's he was uh, the class of 2017, 2018, I believe. You know, I need to treat him with like he's a bigger deal the next time I talk to him, clearly. I I I've, I've been arguing with him about everything. Maybe I should just say <laughs> yes more often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he knows he is a he is a fantasy guy uh, and I ch- keep trying. I'm like, "Hey man, come on, you know, do some fantasy stuff." And uh I think, you know, he says thanks but no thanks. <laughs> I'll I'll make sure to hassle him for you. Yeah, Hall of Famers, they've earned that, you know? <laughs> right, they can, they get to choose when they start and when they sit. Nah, I don't feel like it right now. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Seth, uh, I mean, let's let's start with this team, obviously. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people would expect, you know, let's, let's start somewhere with Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. But for a show like this, uh, we pretty much know what they are. And I, I, I feel like one of the biggest enigmas on this team is McCole Hardman, who you know, when when we when everyone thought Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended uh, for all that offseason stuff, and they drafted McCole Hardman, it was kind of like, oh, this guy's the heir apparent. Um, and he's managed to function pretty well in the offense when Hill's in there. But it's there's still a lot of up and down, but also like just like he he can explode at any given time. Um, right. Can you can you just give us a quick kind of like one sheet on Hardman and maybe what a fantasy player should we expect more of the ups and downs, or is he solidifying a kind of role? Are you seeing sure. something in the film that that shows that he's kind of a a solid pick the rest of the way? 
you know, the the thing with Hardman, like you said, it's kind of feast or famine with him. And the reason for that isn't necessarily his fault. There's a few things at play here. Uh, wide receivers in their first year in Andy Reid's system almost never do really big things uh, because they have to learn all three positions, the X, the Y, and the Z. And it's tough. It's a complicated system with a lot of... Uh, a lot of kind of hot routes and a lot of just kind of gauging where the defender is. It's complicated. And then also, unfortunately for him, he is behind Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and to an extent, Demarcus Robinson. So when Hill was out or when Watkins was out, he was seeing a lot more snaps. Whereas interestingly enough, so this last Sunday, you know, he had a touchdown. He had he had some catches. He had some yards, but he only had nine snaps and it felt like more. Because he put up some decent stats, but I mean, he he really wasn't on the field all that much. And now that Hill and Watkins are both healthy, the the Chiefs really like Demarcus Robinson. He's been in the system for a while. You can probably expect that to continue. So for him, it's going to be an issue of of lack of opportunity. So I, I would say with him, it's going to be boom or bust. Um, I, I like how you said if you have Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill on your team, you're going to start them, right? Uh, right Hardman right. is more. Hardman's more in like a deeper league or a flex option type thing, not even like a PPR type option because you don't know how many targets he's going to get. But the thing with him, and I think a lot of people saw that when he gets into open field, he's one of the fastest players in the league and he can just explode for a big play. And that's where a lot of his production has come in big chunks. The problem is you never know when that's going to come. Right. And I mean, I guess just kind of segueing naturally to the quarterback position, uh, is Hardman, is is there, I mean, Mahomes can scramble and run when he needs to, um, although maybe he's not like a running quarterback. Uh, with, with Matt Moore back there, who is way more stationary, I think he only yeah. has like 85 rushing yards. Yeah, only 85 rushing yards his entire career. Um, <laughs> is I mean, are there like quick short screens that, that they're going to have Hardman maybe try to, like basically, is a more stationary quarterback going to benefit Hardman or should his role just not change at all? Is that is that something that's just like expect what you expected? I would say for purposes of fantasy, I, I I think his role is actually slightly decreased with Moore because Moore is going to, like most stationary quarterbacks, like most guys that are more reliant on their pre-snap reads, he is going to look to his stars first and foremost, the guys that can get separation, the guy who is the first read, the guy who the play is called for. So your your Hill, Kelsey, Watkins, it's going to be very traditional with him. Whereas with Mahomes, he scrambles around and looks around. So then the guy that'll keep running for 70 yards, that guy becomes more of a palatable option. Moore also isn't the deep ball thrower that Mahomes is. And so you're just not going to see as much of that. Now, that short stuff, the screen stuff, he will get his chances. But again, those chances just get vultured because, you know, you say, well, we're going to throw a quick screen. Okay, we can throw it to McCool Hardman or we can throw it to Tyreek Hill. That's tough. You know, that's a tough situation to be in. So the only time he's going to get opportunities are when defenses are really keen on Hill, which will happen. But when you're the third or fourth option, it's just tough. And so more, I don't, I think lowers his ceiling a little bit, even though again, he had the touchdown. He had some decent stats that first game. I personally think it lowers his potential a little bit because I think it's going to result in one or two fewer targets. And with a boomer bust guy, you kind of just want more volume because with him, it seems like every seven or eight touch uh, touches, he you know goes seventy yards for a touchdown. Which, on a side note, might mean give the by the guy the ball to more often. I don't know, but yeah, right. You know what are you gonna do? Again, they they just have this plethora of weaponry, and so I, it, I would just say he is a guy that 
if you don't if you don't like any of your receiving options, he's a perfectly palatable one because you have an okay chance that he'll break off a 50-yard touchdown. And that's all you need from a guy like that. But it's not something you're going to want to count on week in and week out. Seth, um, I mean, have you have you really studied Matt Moore yet in this offense? I know he, he kind of had a half a game and then last week. Um, I, I mean, I'm like, it's I don't want to make the same mistake I made with Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, where it was <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, the, the name that backup who sometimes starts and sometimes is in the mix and then had that explosion last year with Tampa Bay and is right doing what he can with Miami this year. Um, I know Matt Moore is not the same guy. I know Fitzpatrick likes to gun it and chuck it up and right. maybe more. I mean, it is basically without me talking too much here. Is Matt Moore the kind of guy who's going to have a couple 300 yard games because he's in this offense? Or is he going to be kind of like a game manager and hover around like that 252 touchdown mark? I would expect him to be closer to the latter, but I think that that is often going to be his floor. Um, you know, it is Andy Reid's offense, and people got a chance to see that uh, against a very good Packer defense. Reid is just so good at giving his quarterback opportunities. And so he is a guy that, you know, when, if you've got a quarterback on a bye week, or if you're in a really deep league and you had some injuries or whatever, Moore is a perfectly palatable starter because the odds of him having the problem with Fitzpatrick, right, is that he might throw like seven interceptions in a yeah, game. Right. <laughs> right. And so it's like, oh, hey, I only I needed one point to win and he scored negative seven. And <laughs> whereas with Moore, he he was pretty safe with the ball. Um, so with his role in the offense, the offense changed a little bit. It was a little less vertical than it's been with Mahomes. Um especially when Mahomes' knee and or when his ankle wasn't an issue. They were way more vertical then. There were a few more quick hitters, that kind of thing. But there were easy shots set up to hit for him to take advantage of, which is what you'd expect with an Andy Reid offense. So if he's in the offense for another couple weeks, which is kind of up in the air right now because the shroud of secrecy is around Arrowhead. No one knows exactly what's happening with Mahomes. He is a guy that's perfectly safe to start. He's probably going to net you a touchdown or two, probably at least 250 yards, and odds are he's not going to throw more than a than one pick. And so he's a he's a very safe guy. If you like the rest of your lineup and you know you're sitting whatever quarterback you've got on a bye, he's a perfectly safe guy to start, which kind of makes him like the the anti Fitzpatrick. Well, you know, Seth. This, so here's what I find interesting. Um, you know, you look at like Baltimore, right? And Lamar Jackson's out, and RG three is in. And um, oh crap! I wish the the there's another quarterback who just went down who had like his clone come in behind him as quarterback and Patrick Mahomes goes down and this guy who's almost like a polar opposite and Matt Moore comes in. Right. You know what I mean? Like it seems like the trend right now is to have a quarterback who looks your backup looks like your starter. So he could jump into the system and right. not miss a beat. And this, I mean, I'm not going to not think it like it intrinsically changes the offense. Right. But it's, it's kind of neat that there's a totally different quarterback as right. the backup and not like a more Mahomesy type, I guess. Right. And it is kind of cool. Um, you know, and it was the same, uh, you know, Chad Henney has been their court, their backup for the last couple of years. And it's the same thing. I mean, Henney's a statue. He's a pre-snapper guy. These guys are more what you'd think of. Um, although Alex Smith was super athletic, he was more based on pre-snap reads and that kind of stuff. They're more suitable backups for Smith than what you would think of Mahomes. I think the issue with Mahomes is his style of play is so bizarre. And I mean that yeah. in the best way possible. That I think maybe the thought process there for Reed is, well, we're not going to try to imitate what he does because anyone else who did what Mahomes does would throw so many interceptions. It would be right. it would be ugly unless you could you know reincarnate Favre or something. So right. 
so I, I think the goal there is, you know, okay, let's get a guy who knows what defenses look like, will be able to reliably get it right on the first read and know, you know, what type of coverage they're playing, recognize blitzes that are coming, and can just run the system. Because if there's one thing we know about Andy Reid, he trusts his system almost to a fault. And so I think that's what they're looking for and more. Just, you know, paint in the colors, don't do anything weird. And just kind of just do your job, hold down the fort, don't lose us games, and hopefully the playmakers will do the rest. Um, moving over to, to running back, I uh, so I'm among the many uh, who who are kind of just not confused by this whole thing, maybe a little frustrated <laughs> by the backfield. Um, but you know, my thinking coming in was even when LaShawn McCoy came onto the team late, was you know they trusted Damian Williams at the end of the season in a playoff run and these humongous games, and he produced for him, and he was really good. And the doubters were all, you know, oh, well, Damian Williams, you know, he's a career backup. He sucks. You know, he was, he's a cut by the Dolphins. Um, but, you know, there was still that run where they trusted this guy, you know, to, to get them to the Super Bowl, basically. Um, and he did well. And this, you know, they bring in LaShawn McCoy, which I understand. I mean, you can't pass on LaShawn McCoy. Um, right. But it, it's not like he's become the bell cow either. And, and I guess the question that, that I want to ask is, um, is, is this going to be a team where we look back in five years and be like, oh, that, that was the Sean McCoy team? Or is this going to be the team where we look back and say, oh, that's the one with all the, you know, a bunch of different running backs and never really got a personality? Because one guy gets nine carries one week and 14 and eight, you know? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Right. Had you asked me that three or four weeks ago, I would have said it's going to be the year of McCoy because he's clearly the best runner of the guys that they have. He's got the best vision. He's, he's, he's still very quick in and out of his cuts. He's got just such a weird style that defenses don't really know how to play him. Um, he's also a very talented receiver. does well in pass pro. He's a good running back. Um, Damian Williams is an excellent receiver An okay runner doesn't have the same vision. Um, so, so he, he's a decent running back, but McCoy is the superior player in my opinion, maybe not quite as good a route runner, but I think he's the better overall fit. The problem is he, he now has had two games where he has made maybe the m most crucial bad play of the game against the Colts a few weeks back. He had a, a, just a horrendous fumble on what would have been, you know, like a 60 yard gain on a screen in a game that ended up, you know, being incredibly close and low scoring. And that made one of the big swing. That was one of the big swings in the game. Then you saw this again on Sunday night where the Chiefs are somehow, you know, going blow for blow with the Packers. This was like, this was this was Andy Reid's Sistine Chapel of coaching up to that point. Like, they're somehow going shot for shot with the Packers. And then he fumbles the ball again. He's always carried it like, you can't even say a loaf of bread, because I wouldn't carry a loaf of bread that way, because it would be dangerous. I might drop it. Right. Um, he's always done that, and he's gotten away with it. Whereas this year, he's not getting away with it as much. And... A lot of people noticed that after that really crucial fumble, which, you know, the Packers scored right after, and the Chiefs never really quite clawed their way as much into control of the game because that was their chance to really control it, and they couldn't do it. And Andy Reid, in a lot of ways, he's an innovator. He, he's a player's coach, but he's also kind of old school. And that, for lack of a better term, I think that pissed him off because McCoy didn't touch the ball again the rest of the game. He also, against uh, Indianapolis a few weeks back, I, I think he maybe touched the ball once the rest of the game, and it was earlier in the game when he fumbled. And so I think McCoy should have seized that full-time role by now, but those crucial fumbles, and Williams played well down the stretch when they asked him to play right. on Sunday night. And so 
I think it's a tough thing. They do like Williams. I know they like McCoy better, but they are flat out not going to put up with fumbling issues. And so it'll be interesting to see if much like it was last time uh, against Indy, they, they kind of pulled McCoy essentially didn't give him the ball again. Then the next game, it was kind of back to business as usual where McCoy was kind of more, you know, seeing more carries. Well, now with Williams healthy, it wouldn't completely stun me to see if Reed just saw how that went. Because Williams, I mean, he was playing aggressive, good in pass pro. He's a good fit for the offense. And so in, I, I think McCoy will get another shot because that's how Reed rolls and McCoy is good enough. But if he keeps fumbling, he is not going to be able to seize that primary role. And so I think after what I've seen the last few weeks... This might be the year you look back on and, you know, the year of McCoy, no Williams, no the other Williams, no maybe right. Thompson and all that stuff. Does is I mean, is Thompson, I mean, a lot of people love Thompson in drafts. Sure. He, I think he actually had an ADP attached to his name. He, he was getting picked, you know, fairly high early. And then when McCoy came right. in, I think it got, it got a little messy. But is he relevant? I mean, like he's, his name's been bandied about, but he only has what, like Five, four carries this year? Well, he, he the most notable thing he did on Sunday night was had Matt Moore deliver him a hospital ball on the right sideline that got him lit up, which, yeah. you know, that is not what you want to be known for. Right. Um, you know, so here's the thing with Thompson. They clearly don't trust him yet. Daryl Williams is the third string running back over him, and Williams is not necessarily an explosive player. He's, he's kind of almost like a, a mini fullback type player. Big, strong dude, but they clearly don't trust Thompson with the offense yet. And, you know, fair enough. The The frustrating thing, I think, for a lot of people, I think the reason he got, you know, an average draft position attached to him is people watch the preseason, and he looks really explosive and has a great bounce through contact. So it's kind of tough, I think, for Chiefs fans watching that saying, huh, well, that, that, that would be nice, you know, to have on the field. Maybe you could split him out wide. But I don't think they trust him in pass protection, ultimately, is the biggest thing. And even though it was Matt Moore who was playing last night or on Sunday night, you can't have bad pass pro when you are the Chiefs, at least from your running back, because Fran, Fran, the franchise is contingent on Patrick Mahomes. And you right. can't even have one miss there. So I, I don't think he's going to be relevant, barring some injuries. Um, may, you know, As the year goes along, you just never know. But I would, honestly, I would not even really bother to stash him at this point. Which, you know, of course, now means that like in week you know, 16, he's going to suddenly become the, the bell cow and everyone will be mad at me. But that's where things have been so far. No, man, come on. You, you're a fantasy guy. You know week 16. That's, you know. That's a championship. No one's no one's taking a random shot. Yeah. <laughs> this is oh, his time. I got a good feeling about Darwin Thompson this week <laughs> for my championship game. Yeah, why not? Let's just let it roll. It's been too easy this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, let, let me since I mean, you I don't want to paint you into a, a you're the film guy kind of kind of role, but you do watch a ton of film. Um, yep, that's my thing. <laughs> are you? Well, you know, but you're, you're so much more. You're also a pastor and a lawyer, by the way, which I, I find <laughs> super interesting. And I wish we had more time to dive into that. <laughs> um, it's just it's just one of those things that just kind of happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I pick up jobs all the time. You know, I'm a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just I was happens. walking by a church. They were like, hey, would you like to preach? Sure, why not? I've never done yeah, that okay. before. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, but <laughs> those, those two jobs aside, as your role as film analyst, Mm-hmm. Um, like, are you seeing anything? Like, I know I can ask all these questions, you know, oh, you know, Sammy Watkins, blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. are you seeing anything that, that a fantasy player could, are you seeing someone running different routes or running crisper routes or mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you know, not being used in a blocking role as much and maybe just kind of like 
opening up a little more and, you know, Mahomes or Moore might have just missed him. Is there is there anyone that we haven't really brought up or even maybe that we did bring up who you've kind of you're like, oh, you know what? This guy is going to go from like an 80 to 100 or from a zero to 50. You know, one of the problems with covering the Chiefs from a fantasy perspective is they're so picked over that people it's tough to find a sleeper on the Chiefs roster. Right. It, I, I would say, you know, Watkins is an interesting case because a lot of people probably owned Watkins, but have had him on the bench all year for the most part. You know, he had that the big explosion in week one and then right. he was he was competent after that, but he wasn't ever like, you know, a huge game. And now with Hill back, it's kind of up in the air. I would say once Mahomes returns, especially I would keep a really close eye on Watkins because they do really love him. And I feel like this is what people have been saying about Watkins his whole career. Um, but he, he has been running good routes. He looked healthy and ready to get back into the swing of things. He had one really ugly drop, which was unfortunate because he had a lot of field in front of him. But Watkins, I know, is going to keep seeing opportunities. So he might be a guy to continue to be patient with that people have kind of you know, you know, fantasy football is a very what have you done for me lately league. I would say once Mahomes is back, keep an eye on Watkins because Mahomes will go to him. Okay. Okay. Awesome. That's a trade for Sammy Watkins, maybe? <laughs> I Depending on what you're trading. Because, again, the, the thing with the Chiefs offense is you have these two guys, these two monsters at the top in Kelsey and Hill. Right. Who you know both of them are gonna get eight to ten targets. They have to. I mean, they'd be crazy not to. Honestly, I I was propagating a theory last year, like what would happen if you just targeted Kelsey and Hill forty times in a game? Wouldn't that might end well? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's a good team. <laughs> yeah, just nine routes. Look, Hill. We're you know what? If we only hit on three of them, that'll be three touchdowns. So let's just right. do it constantly. <laughs> so. I, with Watkins, I mean, you could you could maybe try to trade for him if you've got some asset that you're not really super fond of. Uh, one, I know a lot of people like to stream defenses and that kind of stuff. That's what I do, although this year I haven't had to because I've had the Niners defense. But yes. the, the Chiefs defense is actually not a bad fantasy play right now just because Spagnolo's been pressuring the crap out of quarterbacks. And I think eventually that's going to lead to some picks. So, I mean, I know that's obviously like kind of a deep, deep, deep sleeper. But depending on the matchup... They, they've been able to get some stuff done and pressure quarterbacks. They've got some ball hawks on the back end in, in Matthew and Thornhill. So they're, they're not a team that I would hate to play, even though their defense isn't really that good. Oh, well, thank you. That's a, I like that tip. I can take that. I'm, I'm a streamer right now. so And I've advocated the trading of New England for a better asset, and then you'd have to stream if you have New England. So that right. works as well. Right, and that's, yeah, they, they again, they're not necessarily a great defense at this point, but you kind of saw it against the, the Packers. If that were anyone but Rodgers, they probably would have had a couple of picks there too. Uh, they, and they, 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 I mean, they still sacked him, I think, five times. So you can see the, the raw material there, and that was without Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Easily their two best pass rushers and arguably their two best players on defense. So they, they might be kind of a, a team that no one really looks at. But you know you know as well as I do with fantasy football, it's not about how good your defense is. It's how many sacks you can pick up and whether you can get people to turn the ball over. Right, yeah, exactly. That's actually what I do in the preseason. That's how I pick my my sleeper defense. Mm-hmm. It's the like I, And I've said this out loud. It's not like a secret. I sort by interceptions, and then I look at sacks, and then yeah. I look at forced fumbles. And that, like... This year it was Pittsburgh. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, no one's talking about Pittsburgh, but they're like, they're playing very aggressively. Like, that's the right. only thing I like for preseason. You know, you can't trust other preseason stuff, 
But if no. a defense is playing very intensely and aggressively, mm. that's going to be whoever's playing on that defense is going to be aggressive and intense. That's that's the way they're playing that defense. So yeah, I, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind. Again, probably not for this year because the Niners have just. I actually yeah. started the season with the Patriots defense, and then I traded them high to it because I really wanted to bring in uh, I, I wanted to bring in Keenan Allen, and so I, someone was willing to do that swap with me, which was fun. But see that. I got crushed in the comments for saying, like, trade this defense now. They got hard quarterbacks coming up and a buy. Yeah, and they're still going to be great. But, I mean, come on. They're not going to keep, you know, scoring 20 a game. I mean, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, no, who, who knows? But. You know, those, those DSTs, I mean, they're scoring a lot of touchdowns. I think they got five touchdowns now and two yeah. returns uh, on special teams. Like, or maybe four and two, whatever it is. That stuff is, that's going to regress at some point. And the yeah, one they got this week was because a teammate kicked it out of his hand. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. in the rain. This yeah, this doesn't seem sustainable. I mean, I guess we'll find out. You know, football seasons are short, so you can always have outliers last the entire year. But, yeah, so that's, I mean, I needed a wide receiver, and someone was willing to do that. And then the Niners' defense was actually sort of available, which I thought was hilarious. So, but the Chiefs' defense, I mean, they the last two weeks... Um, let me think. If you combine the Broncos game, and I know it's the Broncos, and Joe Flacco is the equivalent of a of a still portrait back there. But <sighs> they, I mean, they sacked Flacco, I want to say, eight times, and then they sacked Rodgers another five times. And so you're, you're talking the last two games, and both of those without Jones, one of them without Clark, you're, you're talking 13 total sacks. They're getting after quarterbacks, and I think when Mahomes is back, I think you're going to see just the same aggression because they've realized, hey, our defense isn't great, but we can be aggressive and then at least be okay, and then we'll just dare teams to go shot for shot with Mahomes down the stretch, and most teams aren't going to be able to do that. So that that's a team, I would really look at the Chiefs' defense down the stretch as a team that's going to collect some sacks and, you know, score some points for you. Uh, Seth, I know I know you got to go, but um, very quickly, mm-hmm. with your last name, Kaiser, What's like? What are some of your fantasy football names? I assume there's a Kaiser Soze's in there or something like that. Yeah, like- yeah. Kaiser Soze was always the uh, was always the one that I went for. Um, you know, I, I usually didn't make plays based on my name. I'm super boring these days. I, I have three jobs, so I'm like Team Kaiser, and then people yeah. are, boo. But I, I just don't <laughs> have time, so I would always do like the Chiefs names. You know, somewhere over Dwayne Bow and like. You know, just, you know, Charles in charge, things like that. Because uh, my name's kind of boring. I mean, there's nothing you can do with it besides Kaiser Soze. Although I did do the Kaiser for a few of them, which I enjoyed. You know, a little Prussian history reference there. But uh, <laughs> most most people were unimpressed with my historical jokes. Uh, I guess there's not enough crossover there with, like, you know, fantasy <laughs> yeah. football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a lot of history that. buffs in those leagues. That's sad. Um but Seth, dude, th- thank you so much for doing this. Um, this is this is very cool and enlightening. Um, everyone who's listening, you can follow Seth at Real MN Chiefs fan, like Real Minnesota Chiefs fan, but MN. Yes. Um, and check out the podcast. It's it's one of the uh, one of the athletic podcasts that is out there for free on iTunes. It's called Times Hours. Um, I assume it's very good. It's got good people on it so we we try we have a lot of fun i my, my dad told me he thinks it's the best one so i assume in his unbiased opinion you know that that probably means something well he, i hope he gave it five stars and subscribed <laughs> because that's really that's all we're looking for <laughs> yeah that's and, the least he could do dang <laughs> yeah i know sir like if you really care dad you would go <laughs> log on to itunes and tell your friends <laughs> 
I'm going to tell him that one. It's like, look, I know you didn't kill me when I was a teenager, but if you really want to show me that you love me, you will tell the internet that I'm good at podcasting. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, Seth, you were excellent on this one. Uh, So thank you very much for doing this. And and again, thanks for filling out that, that beat writer stuff every week, man. It does mean a lot on the other side, knowing that that's like, that's there and that people can get their Kansas city information. So, um, Hey, no, no problem. I appreciate you having me and I appreciate what you guys do too. I enjoy the show. Oh, thanks man. Thank you very much. And, uh, good luck with the rest of the season. And I guess how things kind of fall into place. I hope they do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to be at the chiefs Vikings game this weekend live. And my, my hope is I, I think there's an outside shot. Mahomes is back. That's crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. But, I mean, hey, you know, Saquon fun. Barkley came back in like three weeks. Yeah, I guess it's not that crazy anymore. Yeah, these guys are metahumans. Right. It's a, why even bother? It's uh, <laughs> Seth. Thanks very much, man. Uh, it, it's it's really much appreciated. It's a great show, and um, and thanks. If we can ever get you back, let us know. All right, that sounds great, man. Thanks for having me.